Oh my goodness gracious. Hello. My lap dog. <laughs> okay. This is what we're doing. <laughs> and welcome to That Scary as Fuck. I'm Josephine. I'm Nick and I have a lap dog today. Yes, yes he does. She thinks she's a lap dog. She is a lap dog. Hers is a lap dog. She's perfect. <laughs> um and if you're wondering why I'm laughing, it's because this happened about 0.2 seconds before we turned on the microphone, Emmy. Yeah, no, and he didn't know that I was turning on the mic. I just started recording. It was kind of cute, so I was like, I'm going to capture this moment for us. Hi, Emmy. Okay. Anyways. So at some point, you'll hear him grunt when she inevitably gets down because she gets too hot. Just don't mind that. That's and then you'll exactly hear me grunt again when she changes her mind and tries to get back up. Yeah. It's going to be a nice little... Ring around the rosy for us here. What do you think, Kims? Okay. Anyways, yes, like like I said, I'm Nick. I have three stories today. I only have one, but it's three pages long worth of notes, so it's hopefully going to be a long one. Oh, man. So, how do we want to do this? Totally up to you. Oh, You're sure. going to have to do two in a row at some point, so if you want to start first, that's okay with me. Okay. Do like two of mine first. You have a little palate clip, or then a little palate cleanser after yours for my last one. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, do you want to talk about the one you're telling us today, or do you want me to talk about the one I got? Well, I <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm looking at the sources for mine, and I just put so many sources. So many sources. So many sources. <laughs> um, but mine is the Summerton Man, aka the Tamam Should case. Yeah, that was honestly my first guess at the pronunciation, too. Yeah. 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 Mom should. Okay. Can you give us any secrets without spoiling it? They recently found out who he was. Mmm, fine. Um, that also just leads to more questions, but, you know, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Well, here's the thing. I have a bunch of questions and random quips throughout, so that okay, happens. Perfect. <laughs> Um, I will rip the band-aid off first with this first one. Uh, so before this recording, uh, Joe and I were doing some research and we could not find a consistent way on how to pronounce this word. So I'll tell you the two pronunciations we found and then I'm going to just stick with one so it doesn't take away from the story. It's called the Wydren, the Warden Woods, No End Trail by Deadly Dahlia 92. Um, and the way it's spelled is W-Y-R-D-I-A-N, uh, and pronunciation.com said warden. So that's how I'm going to pronounce it. There we go. Um, if you know how to actually say that word, please write in and let me know. Um, my second story. Here's my thing. False Honeydew 9823. Great writer. Not super great at coming up with titles. Uh. The full title is, I found a secret passage in my basement. I couldn't believe what was in there. Okay. I mean, that seems pretty straightforward, to be honest. Yeah. But, I mean, asterisk, which is with two Y's and two X's, has, in my opinion, kind of a... Like, a, a cooler title that intrigues you. It's Old Cruelty. Okay, that is intriguing. So... Is that the order you're going to tell them in? Yes. Of course you would put the most, like, the one that I want to hear the most at the end. That's the point. Exactly. Jeez. It also is, uh, pretty sure that's the shortest, too. Okay, fair enough. Awesome. So, have you had anything creepy happen to you this week before we hop in? Okay, actually... 
don't know if I want to talk about it. She's hit me. Don't bark. You're okay. No, ma'am. You're okay. We'll You're have to girl. cut it from the recording if you bark. You're a good girl. Okay. I swear. Okay. I just got... Let me stop saying okay first off. <laughs> Anyways. I went in to the eye doctor today and I came home with a pair of contacts. And I haven't worn contacts in years. And so... I told myself it was just a trick on my contacts because mm-hmm. I refuse to believe anything else. Um, but I could have swore I saw you walking out of the bedroom like three times before Fuck you that. actually walked out of the bedroom. Fuck that. Nope. Um, okay. That's that actually, was just today. That's kind of funny because we have a... At the eye doctors, we have this rumor that there's a ghost there. Mm-hmm. And there's one time I was closing with one of my coworkers, and we were the only two in the building. Her and I were up front. We were typing up, you know, just doing some closing things that you do. Yeah. And we hear this. That you do. Yeah. We hear this crash from the back. And she just slowly looks at me and goes, did you hear that? I was like, yeah. She goes, you want to pretend we didn't? Yeah. If I can get some of the, some of my coworkers on Kelly, especially, she has so many stories about that freaking thing. I bet. Anyways distraction adhd or whatever i guess i should probably get this this ish started huh it's fine it's only been five minutes our last intro was way longer that's true but i also don't have as much to talk about as i did last time if i'm being honest i mean that's also fair okie dokie so the warden woods no end trail by deadly dahlia 92 storytelling voice there is a path deep in the warden woods that has no end and no beginning. You do not find it, it finds you. I must issue a warning upon this path. It harbors a malignant, harbors, excuse me, malignant entities. Insidious by nature, survival is less than 30%. You may hear sounds, abnormal, abhorrent sounds. You may catch glimpses of unimaginable, of the unimaginable as you stroll onwards. But heed my warning. Do not deviate from the path in any way. Keep your eyes forward and slightly lowered. The entities here wish to cause you harm. You may hear a sobbing, a wail, or something like that that strums at your heartstrings. So broken, so sad, so vulnerable. I can assure you, it is none of those. An inhuman form, twisted by shadows, Ill intentions await your bleeding hearts with with gnashing teeth. Ignore it, please. Sometimes you may hear a boy you may hear some boisterous laughter coming from several several disembodied voices. It can come from miles behind and it can come right in your ear. Mm-hmm. Do keep that in mind. Also, quick side note, amazing vocabulary they have. That's why I'm stumbling so much. They look humanoid from the shoulder down. Then anomalies begin. The creature has several necks, bent in impossible ways. Innumerable heads, twisted, writhing in pain and ecstasy. The eyes are hollow. The carnivorous teeth stretch into a Cheshire grin, salivating, starving, and hungry. No, thank you. Oh, so hungry. And oh, so very happy to greet you. There is sometimes a shadow that trails you over your shoulder on the edge of your peripheries. Flitting in and out from side to side, it is silent but persistent. At times, 
even tapping harshly on your shoulders. Its main goal is to anger you, to agitate you into violence. Your blood pressure rises, you begin to see red. You need to calm yourself down. Think of lavender and sage. Take deep measured breaths. Any violence will be returned tenfold. You will not survive. Another particularly violent creature that may cross your path is seemingly less anomalous in nature. Before it appears, a deep growl announces its presence. No, thank you. The sound of insects and leaves moving in the breeze become muted, and you hear footsteps approaching. The ground will tremble beneath you. There is very, this is very important. You must stand completely still. And remember, keep your eyes lowered. Stay alert. Any move you make, any breath you take, just might be your last. Okay, I'm so sorry, but who else had the every step you take, every move you make? I know she always does. Hey, me, watch your butt. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry, Mama. Every time I sing, she just gets a little tail <laughs> going. This creature appears to be a surviving member. Of the oh my gosh, I should have read ahead because I this wow, Arctotherium and Gustians. No, thank you. Back up, Hemi. Back up. Anyways, sorry, that probably ruined the flow. <laughs> this species went extinct forever ago, but this one somehow survived. Massive and homicidal, it weighs several thousand pounds, but moves at the speed of a human or faster in most cases. Mm. This enormous bear monstrosity will not hesitate to eviscerate and then eat you. Not necessarily in that order. I don't like that. Luckily for you, its sight is extremely diminished. It can only track you if you make a sound. Other than that, you have the whispers in the wind, the blood-tinged or yep, the blood-tinged mud, and the undiluting waves of uneasy to keep you company. May the twisted roots be with you, and the withered, withered ones far, far away. The end. No, thank you. Any thoughts on that? I don't like it. Listen here, buckaroo. Because it does remind me of the shit that's been happening in the house. That doesn't make me feel good. Because it's always on like the edge of my periphery. Yeah, it's just doppel doppelganger stuff. She bonk her. I don't know if you guys heard. She just bonked her head on the table. Yeah. All right. Any other thoughts on that? Do you want to go on a walk down Warden Woods, Wyrond Woods, or whatever? Never-ending trail? Yes, let's do it. All right. So this next one is the amazingly named. I'm kidding, False Honeydew. It's a great name. I'm just giving you shit. I found a secret passage in my basement, and I couldn't believe what was in there. You ready? Mm-hmm. <coughs> storytelling voice we lived across the street from a graveyard where i learned how to ride a bike and took many strolls in so living there never really scared me i was always a curious kid and really liked to explore the graveyard and look at tombstones to see if i can find one older than others sometimes in the middle of the night i would explore the house looking through closets cabinets doors in the attic until one day i decided to look through the basement i walked downstairs at just after midnight on a Tuesday, my parents were sound asleep in the room. Like I said before, 
I was a curious kid, and I liked going through things just to see what I could find. I never took anything, just looked and put whatever it was back in its place. As I got to the bottom of the stairs, I looked around at everything down there. Our basement looked almost like a dungeon. Dirt floor, cold stone walls that were built in the late 1800s, maybe early 1900s. I ne oops, lost my spot, sorry. I had never really gone down there for anything before because I knew what it looked like and it made me feel a little uneasy being down there. But I was determined to explore and see what I could find. I noticed... <clears throat> I noticed my dad had some exercise equipment down there in the corner of the basement. On the other side, there were boxes and who knows what was inside. So naturally, that's where I went. I started moving the boxes around, opening each one as I moved it to see what was inside. There were a lot of boxes. But I looked at them and moved them with purpose, knowing I had to put them back into place so no one knew I was down there moving stuff around. As I got to the last box, I noticed what looked like a manhole cover to a sewer on the basement floor. I thought to myself, why is there a manhole cover in the basement? Shouldn't there be one outside, like on street level? Now, remember that I said I was curious. Well, my curiosity got the best of me, and I instantly wanted to know what was down there in the basement, and what was inside that manhole. No, thank you. Thankfully, my dad had tools down there. Oh, of course he did. And I so happened to find a nice big crowbar that I would do, that would do the job of taking the cover off the floor. How convenient. <laughs> I grabbed the crowbar, and with my small skinny arms and all my might, I pried the cover off the floor. Okay, does anybody else picture him kind of like dangling with the crowbar just a little bit before it gives? Him? Yeah. Her? I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I was just picturing an ambiguous person. No, I know, but dangling from the crowbar, because they said that they were super skinny, and, and with all of their might, like, all of their little body weight. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> I that pried, was funny. Give that to me. I pried the cover off the floor. It was heavy, and it made of real thick steel. But I got it off. That's what she said. I couldn't see anything. Fuck off! <laughs> you don't get to fucking do that shit if I don't get my fucking jokes, bitch. <laughs> I couldn't see. <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't see anything when I looked inside. It was pitch black in there. So I went to my dad's tools looking for a flashlight. And that's when I heard something come up from the hole. It sounded like... A moan? All the hairs on my body stood up at once. I stood paralyzed in front of my dad's tools tool toolbox. God damn stutter. I looked back at the hole, but saw nothing. I grabbed the flashlight, walked over to the hole, and turned the flashlight on. And sh it shined down on the inside of the hole, and there was a ladder that led to a dirt floor underneath my basement. And from what it looked like, a, a tunnel that led in the direction of the graveyard. I was stunned at what I had found, and my curiosity grew more intense. I went back to my dad's toolbox to see if I could find a knife or something that would aid as a weapon just in case oh my gosh okay um side note if you guys are wondering why i'm losing my place so much this is one long paragraph it's yeah. not spacing so i'm i'm just trying to find where i was at okay he's literally like hunched over his phone right now yeah sorry um as a weapon not once did i think to stay out of the damn hole 
So down I went with the flashlight in one hand, and Joe, you'll love this, a screwdriver in the other. Yeah, we just found a space <laughs> The tunnel looked like it was miles long. Not even my dad's flashlight could illuminate the end of it. Sorry. You're just blocking your audio from the microphone. <laughs> so I started walking. It was quiet. All I could hear was the sound of my heavy breathing and my footsteps. Nothing else. I had been walking about five minutes, but it seemed like an eternity. I heard footsteps behind me, so I turned around as fast as I could and shined the flashlight in the direction that I heard the sound from. But there was nothing there. I did a complete 360 and saw nothing but dirt walls around me. I kept pressing forward, trying to figure out where this tunnel led to. As I kept walking, I tripped over something I hadn't seen. I went face first into the, into the dirt, half mad and half embarrassed at myself for not paying better attention. I started to get up slowly, with one knee still on the floor, when I heard heavy breathing that wasn't my own. I looked up while I was kneeling on the floor, and that's when I saw it. A humanoid-looking creature on all fours right in front of me. It looked like something straight out of your nightmares. Pale, hairless, almost wet-looking skin. It had a mouth, a very flat nose with slits instead of holes, but no eyes. Yet I felt like it was looking right at my soul. It had hands and feet, but its legs were bent backwards, Ugh. like a dog. And where your forearms would be, it had, like, an extra joint. I held my breath for what seemed like forever, trying to think of my next move. Should I drive the screwdriver into its forehead? Should I make a run for it? Was I running out of options fast? Yes. Because I had no idea what its intentions were or what it was going to do? I decided to run back to my basement as fast as my legs could take me. I got up and I ran. I ran faster than I had ever ran in my entire life without looking back. I could hear it running behind me, getting closer and closer with each second. It also made that moaning sound that I had heard earlier. Now at least I knew what it was that made the sound and it terrified me even more than I could have imagined. I ran and I cried at the same time. Who knows what this thing would have done to me if I slowed down even a little bit. I could see the light from the basement that came through the hole, exposing the ladder in the distance. I almost, it almost felt like I ran faster the further away. Oh my god, this is a weird sentence. It almost felt like the faster I ran, the, la uh, the ladder was further away. But I made it. I got up the ladder as fast as I could, and as I got out of the hole onto the basement my dad happened to be standing there waiting for me with the manhole cover in hand my dad was a pretty big guy so it didn't surprise me when i saw him uh <laughs> when i saw him fling the cover over the hole covering it as soon as i got out of there he grabbed me and pulled me up the stairs into the kitchen then went back downstairs and moved all the boxes back to their original place when he came back up i could tell by his facial expression that he was furious with me but he didn't yell at me or anything of that sort. He looked at me dead in the eyes and said, Don't ever open that manhole cover again. I haven't been in the basement since that night. But now, every now and then, I can still hear that thing moaning. No, thank you. Yeah. Again, sorry about my stuttering. That was... That was a read. Honestly, didn't even notice. Okay. Thoughts? Concerns? Can we get one? No. 
That, okay, that monster description does sound familiar, though. Like, I've seen it in a horror movie or something. Yeah, same here, but I don't, I don't know which one. No, and I don't want to take away credit from them if that's something they came up with, either. Mm-hmm. So, Josephine's getting dwink. She's got to get her throat all lubed for this next part. <clears throat> all right. Word me, daddy. All right. Word me, daddy. The Summerton Man. Like I was saying earlier, so many sources, so many sources. Um, some off YouTube, some off news sites. Uh, it is an Australian story, so, uh, it was like australiannews.com kind of sites. But, okay. We're gonna jump right in. Um, one of the most famous Australian mysteries. Goodbye! No, I'm sorry. That was the one time. That was my one time. Don't give me that look. You interrupted me like four times. It had to do with the story. So did this. You didn't even say hi to them properly. We're going to the government conspiracy laying down under. Underneath the flat earth, dude. Goodbye! Crikey! Josh Dub or whatever the Australians say. Oh, I'm so dead. Right. <laughs> November 30th, 1948, many people saw a man propped up against a concrete wall on the Somerton Beach in Adelaide, Australia. One couple remembers seeing him drunkenly trying to light a cigarette. Another couple remembers seeing bugs flying around his face and thinking that he was too drunk to wave them away. Multiple other people saw him and just kind of continued on thinking that he was drunk and there were bugs around and he wasn't swatting them away, anything like that. Typical Australians. You know, <laughs> just drinking, doing the thing. I'm trying to make a whole continent hate me right now. I've, I see that. <laughs> on December 1st, 1948, a body of a man was discovered on the Australian beach of by a couple of jockeys taking their horses out for a run. Okay, side note, this actually has to do with the story. That is so fucking random, dude. Mm -hmm. A couple of jockeys taking their horse on a run on an Australian beach? Literally. That is... Okay, Very random. Yeah, continue. That's, that sounds like a story in itself. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how often, like, or how... You don't know how often common... two jockeys walk their horses yeah. on the beach in yeah, Australia? Like, how, how often does that happen? Do they have horse races down there? I don't know. I just assumed they were still uncivilized prisoners from Britain. Ah, I'm dead. <laughs> okay. Listen, anything that Nick says, those are his opinions and beliefs. I have nothing to do with it. Jesus, she goes straight to opinions and beliefs, not even jokes. Yeah. Christ. <laughs> it's alright. All Australians are just hood versions of New Zealand people. Okay, I'm done now. I'm done. I love Australians. Let's keep going. Yeah. <laughs> So, there were no signs of tra trauma to his body right off the bat. He was very nicely dressed in a full suit that was brown, had nice shoes on, looked like they had just been polished, legs were outstretched, and he looked really relaxed. No hat, though, which was weird for the 1940s in Australia. One of his pockets was repaired with a non-matching orange thread, and in the pockets, the investigators found a train ticket to Henley Beach, a bus ticket to North Glenig, Glen, Glenelg. It's a weird one. Um, That's a, some made-up language from a made-up country. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I said I was done, but I lied. <laughs> I lied. <laughs> An 
American metal comb, a half empty packet of Jesus <laughs> a half half empty packet of juicy fruit gum, a pack of Army Club cigarettes containing a different brand of cigarettes, a more expensive Swedish brand, and a handkerchief, and then a packet of the Brant and May matches. Okay. All of the tags have been removed from his clothing. Even though they found some things on him, the man had no ID or money or wallet on his person. Dr. John Barkley Bennett estimated he died at around 2 a.m. The pathologist, Dr. Matthew Dyer, determined that the body probably hadn't been moved. Dyer did notice a couple of things that were odd, though. The man's pupils seemed small and unusually shaped. There was blood in his stomach as well, which suggested that it could have been a poisoning. But the problem with that is none of the poisons that they tested for came back positive. The doctors couldn't think of anything that would cause him to present as if he was poisoned, but not actually show up on any talk screen. That's weird. Right? Present day, there are a couple of them, um, like Digitalis and Strophanthin. Obviously, everyone knows those. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody knows how to say it, too. Mm, just like Warden. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so those two could have possibly caused this, but okay. again, we're just not sure. Can I raise a conspiracy that you might do later? Yeah. Do you think there's a chance? Like, I, I literally barely know the surface of this story. Yeah. Um, like, could it have been, like, a weird government thing? Because, like... The government be having some weird shit that they don't tell people about. There is a conspiracy that he's a spy. Okay. So it's on the same lines. Is that something you're going to talk about later? A little bit. Yes. Okay, we can talk. We can revisit okay, that then. Okay. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to derail you. You're good. More than I have. <laughs> you're, good. you're good. Honestly, you're good. Um, the quarter, the coroners did determine that the Summerton man died from heart failure, but they could not figure out the actual cause of death okay hey this guy has blood in his stomach it was heart failure <laughs> i i know i know they can be right like you right. die from something i i get that but it's just funny to me right uh they looked for his fingerprints in the database of the fbi and the scotland yard and neither of them have any record of him the identity of the summerton man was still a mystery at this time uh, the police later found his suitcase at the Adelaide Railway Station, and it contained clothing with the same orange thread as on the as in the pocket of the Summerton man. Um, it was on the pants in the suitcase. Okay. And the name on the clothing was T. Keen. In the suitcase, there was there was a picture of it. I didn't actually go back and look, but it was like an electrician's specific tool. Okay. I think it was a screwdriver or something like that. And then there was a knife, more clothes, and I think there was another ticket to somewhere as well. Okay. Um, but then there was a super strange thing that they found in a secret pocket of the jacket that he was wearing. Stranger than the body being on the beach and the suitcase being at a station? Yeah. Okay. One more years then. Mm-hmm. Um, it contained a piece of paper that had been ripped out of the Rubaiyat. Uh, and it was that's a 12th century work of poetry that was rare in New Zealand. And on I did the, actually know that one, that's fair. <laughs> um, but it said, uh, Tamam should, meaning it's finished or it's ended. Okay, 
And the problem was, the police couldn't find the book that he had ripped it out of on their own. It almost seems like a message then. That's weird. Exactly. But they got lucky, and a man came into the police station with a book that was in his car. That luck abruptly ended when the man had no idea about the Summerton man or the poems themselves. The man had recalled that he had gone for a drive with his brother-in-law, and they parked near the beach at one point. And then when they got home, both of them thought that it belonged to the other person and just left it there. And in the back of the book was a page with a code written into it that no one's been able to figure out to this day. It's just a bunch of numbers with line or not numbers. It's numbers and letters, lines written through them, letters written above other letters. And it's, it's wild, but I guess they had some like code cracking people or code deciphers or whatever. Um, they had them look at it and they were like, no, this, this definitely is a code. We just can't figure it out. Like, it's not a mm. bunch of jumbled mess. It's a code. We just can't figure it out. Um, and then there were also two phone numbers in there as well. One of them was a dead end, but the second one led them to a young nurse named Jessica Ellen Joe Thompson, who lived on Somerton Beach. When the police followed up with her, she was reluctant to talk to the police, but they ended up showing her a plaster of his body. Mm-hmm. Like they made a plaster cast of his body, of his face and everything, and she a- reacted very strangely and almost fainted. That's... Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Okay. <laughs> That's weird. Yep. So, after having nothing from Thompson, the police buried the Summerton man on June 14th, 1949. Having nothing from her? She fainted and... Re- Never mind. Well, they didn't have any proof That's fair. of anything. That's fair. They didn't have any... And it was nothing just to be like, okay, well, her phone number was in the back of the book and she fainted, but like... That's, that's fair. Like, it's putting myself in her situation. If I had someone bang on the door and threw at me like, hey... Uh, your phone number was in this book. Look at this face of this man. He's dead. We think you're connected. I'd be like, whoa, whoa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I can understand on her part, but she does come back later. Fun fact. Oh, okay. Um, but, and also after they buried him, that's not to say that they didn't continue his search for his identity. Mm-hmm. A popular theory that I really liked, um, was that the Summerton man and Joe Thompson had an affair and got pregnant. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, something about the Summerton Man that we all should know. He had two defining characteristics. He was an overall very good-looking man, well-dressed, obviously, all this and that. But he had um, a, a thing with his ears mm-hmm. that made it look like where it was more pointy okay. than it was supposed to be. They kind of looked like elf ears. Okay. And that only occurs in 2% of the population. And also, he also didn't have his second incisors. So it was just his first, like his front teeth, and then immediately his canines. So it kind of looked like buck teeth then, a little bit, if you would have seen it. More like a vampire. Vampire. No, vampire because they have the side on. First, I don't know what fuck you talking about looking like motherfucking Timmy Turner out here talking about Cosmo Wanda I wish I didn't have to deal with life got you beach man or whatever I'm dead <laughs> okay but so those defining characteristics are very rare okay that is what we're going to focus I on I want to point out 
did kind of just describe Alvin from Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> so Alvin did it Alvin okay I'm done <laughs> uh, Derek Abbott was a professor well is a professor who was obsessed with finding out who the Somerton man was he dedicated himself to using DNA technology to test the theory of Joe Thompson getting pregnant with his child this led him to Robin Thompson who was Joe Thompson's son and when he went to ask him for his DNA he had died two months prior to him asking. Oh, shit. But Robin Thompson had a daughter named oh. Rachel Egan. Okay. Abbott tracked down Egan and told her that she may be related to the mysterious Somerton man, and by giving some of his, giving him some of her DNA, he could confirm it. And... Yeah, I... That... I just put in the note about his ears and his teeth and so that's what i was making oh, sure i didn't no, miss anything you're you're good so, uh side note that does sound like the creepiest pickup line ever give me some of your dna and i'll tell you if you're related to this dead guy honestly <laughs> um but rachel had the same features so she also didn't have her second incisors and her ears were pointy as well weird right um but that's the reason why Abbott was taking the risk at all. Like when in a uh, interview or whatever, Rachel Egan was like, he was just asking me a bunch of questions about my teeth and my ears. I've never had somebody like so focused on my ears and shit before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but he made like he was making sure that she had the same markers as the Summerton man. Weird. Ergo, her father did too. Mm hmm. Um, yes. That was the next question. Okay, but that's a counter. You don't always get things from your father. Like, for example, my dad, uh, has, like, pretty big ears, and I'm around my child. So, you never know. Anyways. I'm dead. Okay. <laughs> um, when they met, Abbott, Abbott, yeah stumbled over his name for some reason. I felt like I was saying it wrong. Um, they met at a fancy restaurant in Brisbane where Abbott asked to see her ears and her teeth. <laughs> and, fun fact, later, they got married. Alright. Yes. And so they the had pick kids. So the creepy pickup line worked. It did. It okay. did. Uh, and he did indeed get the DNA to test his theory. And he was wrong. What? He was wrong. The Summerton man is Carl Webb, who mm -hmm. went by Charles. Uh, he was 43 years old from Melbourne, who was an electrical engineer, which explains the electrical tool that was in his bag. Okay. Um, T. Keene was actually his brother-in-law, so all of the clothes and stuff that were in the suitcase were just hand-me-downs from T. Keene. Okay. There is evidence that Webb and his wife separated and she moved to South Australia so it's possible that he had come there to track her down and to get her back but never did um, <clears throat> and then there was another one saying that his wife like there was record of his wife being like can I get like a divorce or something because mm -hmm. homie hasn't showed up in years and I don't know where he is oh shit yeah so, he just kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. Okay. Right at the same time he showed up 
on Somerton Beach. That's weird. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but like, so they don't know why he was there Mm -hmm. because they had those two different stories Yeah. of his wife leaving to go to Melbourne or to South Australia and he came from Melbourne to try and get her back, but then she never saw him Mm -hmm. or anything. They never met up. So when she got back. That's when she, well, a few years later, honestly, a few years later, she was like, yeah, can I get a divorce? Because homie hasn't come home. That's so weird, yeah. dude. Um, and then they also, I guess I didn't write any of the spy stuff down just because I, it didn't really hold up all that well, okay. honestly. Um, but the little bit that I do remember, everybody thought that Joe Thompson was also a spy and they somehow like obviously had relations or whatever and it was possible that Joe killed him or that somebody killed him for meeting up with Joe Thompson. Okay. Yeah, something to that effect. Alright, man, I got so much like, I got so much shit I want to unpack with this, man. Exactly. So, like, now that yeah, we do know who he is but now the questions are even harder to answer like, why was Carl Webb there? How did he die? Why did he die? And those questions are going to take years to Why does that out. one chick have buck teeth and elf ears? I'm dead. Sorry. <laughs> Was that not what we were focusing on? That's no. what I wanted. No. <laughs> but, and also, as the police were trying to figure out, like, who he was, they really couldn't find anything on him. Like, his early years couldn't really find anything. Okay, so that that really almost makes me feel like it had to have been, like, some sort of government involvement if they were able to, like, wipe out the past like that you know what i mean maybe i don't know bro the world may never know i want to hear your theory since you did all this research and stuff you have to have a theory or two i honestly wanted the theory about them having a fucking affair to be for real that's how you know you all that sitcom shit i wanted the spy stuff to be real well yeah but honestly what i think happened is he probably did go to Summerton Beach, try and get his wife back, got a little too drunk somewhere, and then said something to some random person that he shouldn't have, and I want to say that was around the same time that women, let me, let me, let me, let me actually look that up, hold on. Okay, while you're looking that up, I'm gonna ask, so, okay, like, I get what you're saying, like, maybe it's just, like, simple, like, weird night, whatever. Yeah. That doesn't explain the blood in the stomach. That, well, I'm saying, like, maybe he got poisoned. Well, can I finish, ma'am? Gosh. Like, I don't know, man. Ugh, I've lost my train of thought now. Damn it. Sorry. No, it's like, because it just doesn't... I don't know. It's not adding up. Like, in the coat. Mm-hmm. The coat, and then the note in his pocket, and the book deliberately left in a stranger's car with those numbers. I don't know, dude. Yeah, I think there's definitely something with Joe there. And what could be another thing is, like, him and Joe did meet up. Maybe he did end up going home with Joe. Mm-hmm. They had a thing. And then his wife... Found out. Found out. Murdered yep. him. Poisoned him. Whatever. Or had somebody else do it. And, actually, that low-key, I think, could make sense. Because, you know, reaching for this, obviously... But then, 
because they said what the note in, or the note in his shirt meant end or whatever. Yeah, it's finished. Or... That that could have been her way of finishing, like saying our marriage is finished. And then exactly. the other number that was in the book could have been like the hitman's number, but then he it was like a burner phone or something. And then she put the affair lady's number in there. Yep. But one question. Yeah. The code. Nobody's figured it out. I kn- well, I know, but that's what I... Because, like, even that theory we were just saying, that doesn't account for the code. Yeah. Man, bro. That one detail's gonna fuck with me. Is the code... God damn. Mm-hmm. Do you have any closing thoughts? Honestly, I did the research on it, so I feel very, like, hmm, about it. You know what I mean? No. I don't, like, I get what you mean, but I don't understand just being able to be like, oh, all right, whatever, it happened. This shit, I'm happy yeah. you researched this, because if I did, I would still be in a rabbit hole on this. That's fair. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. If anybody, like, I know this is a long shot, if you have any updates or something on this, or even your own theories, please email us. Like, that'd be so fucking cool to read. True. All right. Ready for my story? Yeah! I don't know how I'm going to follow that. Gosh, my mind is focused on that. Let me try and get back into this mindset here real quick. You got it. I am locked on that. (coughs) All right. This is Old Cruelty by Asterix, and I'm hoping I'm saying that name right. It's Mm A-S-T-R-I-I-X-X. That's how I would assume to say it. Mm -hmm. All right. Storytelling voice. My father is a very broke man. He used to live off my great aunt and grandma, but they passed last September. We can barely afford food anymore, so I decided to start helping out by babysitting. I took a walk down to the rich neighborhood and went asking door to door if they needed a babysitter or a nanny. One ended up saying yes, the couple that lived in the biggest house at the very end of the road. They presented me with their adopted 12 year old boy, so I happily accepted and the couple left. I went inside, and everything seemed normal. Well, you know, as far as, like, rich people normal goes. Fair. There are two, two grand staircases, and the kitchen was to the right of me. I asked the boy if he was hungry or ate at all, and he just stayed quiet and just looked at the ground. I didn't realize this at first, but the boy was exceptionally bony. Almost too bony. I asked him if he was anorexic or something but he still didn't say anything then as i walked over to the kitchen i saw a note on the counter so i picked it up to read it whoever is reading this thank you thank you so much for babysitting that boy he has caused so much misery in our life so i want to say thank you and that we are so sorry he saw you he will most likely grow attached now and he will be hungry there's food in the fridge for him not the normal pre-cooked turkey or brownies. Check the left door and don't be alarmed if you see raw animal body parts. It's his food. What the fuck? We learned he only eats goats, so get him that. We have been starving him because lately, each time he eats, he gets stronger and more out of control. We are so sorry, but we will not be coming back. This is your problem now, Linda. What the fuck? I thought to myself as I checked the fridge. There was indeed two gray legs, kidneys, livers, and a heart. I looked back at the boy. He's now staring at the fridge door, drooling, his eyes abnormally wide. I closed the door and found some gloves, then proceeded to get out a kidney. I put it on the plate 
and gave it to the boy hesitantly. The boy dropped the plate, and then when I realized, he was staring at me, drooling. I feed the boy. Myself. I grab a knife in an attempt to kill the boy, but that's when his eyes blacked out, his face separated into four parts, revealing a gaping fleshy hole filled with rows of teeth. No, thank you. I dropped the knife in shock and panicked as the boy ran over and took the first bite of me. It was my leg. Specifically, the bottom part of my leg. I felt a pinch, but I saw the wound, and it was gaping, spewing blood. Adrenaline rushed in even more, and I grabbed the knife and stabbed him, the, stabbed him in the back of his head. He backed down, but tentacles eroded from his body, grabbing my hand, ripping it clean off my arm. Then the next hand, then my leg. He tore open my stomach, showing me what he eats. A liver, kidney, intestines, a heart. I scream. But somehow I'm not dead yet. The pain was unimaginable. I died later. Now I'm just a weeping spirit roaming the house and keeping an eye on that boy. The house was vacant other than him. However many other victims there were, I prayed to whoever that, to whoever that they died or he dies of starvation. God damn it, I stuttered that end. But the end. What the fuck? Yeah, I only really have one thought on that story. That was scary as fuck. Yes, it was. I've been Nick. I've been Josephine. I messed up the outro. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did it because it's supposed to be. Oh, that was scary. Well, I might even say scary as fuck. That's yeah. It's okay. I'll do better next time, guys. I'll do better next week. Oh, Good game. God. High fives. <laughs> Woo! Woo! <laughs>